Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Uh, Figured I'd bring on tonight a special guest, man. I've been watching this guy for a while. He's super, super talented. The CCW world champion, best of the best champion, Johnny Silver. What's going on, man? What's up, dude? How you doing? Doing good, man. How you? I'm pretty good. Just got home. I just did some cardio. Uh, had some food, and now I'm just chilling. So I'm relaxing. I'm feeling good. Cool, cool, man. Um, so let's go way back. How did you, uh, you know, first get into wrestling as a fan, as you know, watching wrestling and stuff? Uh, watching, I just always that's something I just watched. I mean, it's hard to say. I guess my dad was a fan. Uh, okay. So he would just watch, and that was like um, mid to mid to late nineties when I started watching. So it was kind of kind of like an awkward period for my dad. So my dad liked it, but. It's like, okay, starting to get into the Attitude Era, everyone's telling each other to suck it. Everyone's doing all this crazy shit. So, like, my dad's like, at one point, he's like, I don't know if I should really be watching, let my kids really watch this shit. Uh, yeah. And we would just beg him because, you know, once he showed us at first, 
uh, you know, huge fans, so me and my sister. And then, uh, so, <laughs> like, you'd have to, like, give us a, you know, a curfew to go to bed. And when we were young, we're like, no, Dad, we got to watch Raw. At least just let us stay up late on Mondays. And he was cool with it, so he he let us watch and stuff like that. But it was just, yeah, my dad was kind of like a fan, so he would kind of show us some wrestling. And um, obviously, once we saw it, we just kind of fell in love. So it was, it wasn't like, uh, it was, yeah, I don't even remember like just watching the first time. I just always liked it since I since I was a little kid. Yeah, who were some of your first favorites that you really like gravitated towards? Uh, I definitely bounced around when I was you know younger. I guess like the first favorites. Um, probably like Taker and Stone Cold, uh, definitely stood out. Um, also I think I, I might've got a little bit of, I don't know if I watched it on tape when I was really young or I saw it live when I was really young. Cause it seemed like maybe too, you know, too early for me, but I remember Ultimate Warrior, like the very, probably his end stage in WWE, but I don't know if mm-hmm. I watched that from like a tape here and there, but I remember I'm like, that guy's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the main guys right off the bat were definitely definitely the Undertaker, uh, and then like Stone Cold, and then as I got a little bit older, I started to get like the Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. and then a little after that, when I started to kind of become more of like a teenager, it was more of like Chris Jericho, Benoit, uh, Shawn Michaels, and uh, Kurt Angle. Yeah, what was your athletic background like? Cause I'm sure you, this wasn't your first, you know, athletic venture. No, I was I was always an athlete, so I was kind of lucky to grow up. Um, on my block is a bunch of kids, or now they're well, they're all my age. So we played sports like every day, like every day, just go outside, and we just happen to just walk outside and you see kids. So all kids around my age, so around a similar athletic, you know, we're similar like athletes, I guess to an extent. But it was always football, baseball, this. But um, as a kid, I was really – I played soccer for a long time, um, amateur wrestling, obviously. Uh, yeah. Those are my two things in school that I really played. And then um, later on, I got into jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. All right. How did you transition, decide that you were going to go train for wrestling, and how did that all come about? No, it was – like I said, like – it's like when I started watching wrestling, it's just you watch it and you knew – that's what you wanted to do. So there was no like, hey, you know what? I think I so I saw this match and that made me want to believe that I wanted to be a wrestler. It just wasn't that. It was just like, okay, I'm 14. Uh, do I start training now or what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, actually, the way I found the school where I started training is I was on a back when uh, MySpace was cool. I had like mm-hmm. a, a wrestling group page I was in where people just talked wrestling, or whatever. And I'm like, hey, does anyone happen to know, like, a wrestling school in Long Island? And someone mentioned MYWC. So uh got my mom to take me down there, check out the school. Um, it, was, it just so happened that they were practicing shit off the top rope that day. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is the fucking coolest thing ever. People doing moonsaults <laughs> and shooting stars. And then I saw uh, Mikey Whipwreck, and I'm like, oh, shit. That's like, it was like, uh, you know, fan struck there. You know, you're like, oh, shit, that's. That's a famous wrestler. That's Mikey Whipwreck. So yeah. I got to meet him quick. Um, it just was like, yeah, definitely doing this. Have to do this. Yeah. When you started training, obviously you had, you know, previous amateur wrestling background and stuff like that. But was it an easy transition or was it a big shock in realizing what it actually felt like when you started wrestling? 
Um, I guess it was athletically, it was an easy transition um, where, like, I could do shit, you know? Like, I, I was an athlete. Um, yeah. But but definitely, it was definitely a shock because you don't, when you're a fan, and or even if you're not a fan, you just know what wrestling is, you don't think it hurts at all. You're like, yeah, that's fucking a trampoline or that's fucking, you know, you don't think it hurts. So, and I, when I started wrestling, when I was starting to learn how to bump, it's usually like the lighter you are, the more it freaking hurts. I was 110 mm-hmm. pounds. <laughs> I was I was in ninth grade. I was 110 pounds. Uh, so learning to bump on that, the first thing I did was fucking jump up super high like an asshole. And <laughs> when I landed, I like didn't really tuck my head all that much. So I smashed my head. I knocked myself for a loop, and then I completely knocked the wind out of me. Uh, so I'm like, holy shit, this, this actually is fucking painful. This is not, you know, everyone says it's fake, but that's, uh, that's more real than you think it is. It's not just freaking pillows and shit. So yeah. it was definitely, that was the biggest shock. And then, um, also since I was, you know, at the time even shorter than I am now, cause I was freaking ninth grade and I was super light. I was the, the crash test on me. So people yeah. were like, well, let me try this move. Let me try this move. Let me try this move. And some of the shit, I'm like, yo, I don't, I can't be taking these. Like, I'm dying. You guys, like, even on the crash pad, I'm like, this shit. Some some of the shit still hurts. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is this is definitely not exactly what I expected, but you know, it's, I guess I expected it to hurt, but not as much as it did. Yeah. Um, who were some of the people in your you know original training class? Any of the guys that's still around today? Uh, that started training with me or around? Yeah, training? around the same time. Uh, Alex, Alex Reynolds, uh, I think he started like two or three weeks before me. Um, and I think, I mean, that's for the most part, it, like right around my time. Um, we had, and we had like eight or nine people that, or maybe even eight to 10 people that started training with us. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you just see them all drop like flies. Of course, this one quit, yeah. this one's hurt, this one do it, this one, you know. Uh, so obviously me and Alex were the only ones that really stuck around. Um, mm-hmm. there's also people that were there like, you know, a year before me or like a few months before me, uh, like where I trained, you know, Tony Neese was there, uh, but he was, you know, probably been there for like a year or more since, you know, before us. Uh, mm-hmm. my first day of training there was, uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder's last day there. They just got signed. So right. it was um, it was cool because they're like, hey, you know, we get to meet these two guys, and they just got signed. I'm like, oh my, like at at that time, obviously, I didn't know who they were because they weren't on TV yet or anyone yet. But I'm like, oh, cool, it was nice to meet them and shit like that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. back in the day, I'm like, this has got to be the place to you know to train. This is two people just got sure. signed. Uh, Trent got signed somewhere like I think six six or eight months later. So I'm like, okay, this is the fucking you know, this is the place to be. But uh. People that stuck around, it was, I think it's just me and Alex. And, like, I mean, some people stick around, but they don't, you know, wrestle as much or, you know, kind of do it as much as me and Alex do it. Um, mm-hmm. But really, I think it's just up to. So did you guys click up there, you and Alex, and form the tag team from there, or how did that all come about? Uh, yeah, so we um, he, we got along right away because we were in the same, like, group. We were both, like, newbies. I was fucking scared to death. Uh, I think now, like then, it seems different than it is like now. <laughs> like maybe because me and Alex were 
fans of Mikey. So, like, we were super intimidated to do anything wrong, to, like, say the wrong thing. So I didn't talk to, like, I didn't talk to, like, anyone besides a few select people. Uh, Alex was one of them. Um, yeah, it was, like, nowadays I feel like people in training, like, they fuck around, they joke around, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a different world than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, so Alex is one of the few people I talked to. And um, we didn't want to, we didn't have any ideas of tagging any, like, time early. Because yeah. his, his first gimmick, and he still kind of does it, was, like, a very, uh, actually, his first, first gimmick was a freaking preppy kid, like, with the pop collars and shit. And then he yeah. transitioned into the rich, the rich guy, with he had, like, a butler and everything. And obviously, mm-hmm. that was, never me i was fucking i had longer hair and i spiked my hair actually my first gimmick was i was i was big john silver and i had like big john stud fucking gear on and i was supposed yeah. to be the big man. and my actually i had a, my first tanking partner was this guy oscar who was short too probably even shorter than me and his name was oscar the giant so we were just <laughs> like i like kind of like a joke fucking thing but um uh that was my first tag team and then i started like spiking my hair and just became like crazy and whatever but eventually, um, I think we we started tagging because we did a uh, a random ass show somewhere, and um, we had an inside joke with uh, Dan Echoes, who's now a referee in NXT, or even I think he's in WWE now. But um, okay. he's a referee there, and uh, I used to wrestle. He used to wrestle in MWC and wrestle with us all the time. He randomly like hit me up on like facebook messenger one night and he's like yeah man you get any slops lately and i'm like <laughs> like what what the fuck does that mean and he's like slops you know like sloppy girls and i'm like um yeah he's like all right cool and that was the end of the conversation so we're <laughs> like we're, we're like oh what if we were a tag team not even with him like he wasn't even part of the tag team like what if me alex and uh our other friend uh ryan rush were like a tag team over the slop hunters we just made this whole gimmick up. So, like, if you, I'm sure maybe somewhere out there somewhere, but MYWC, like, early stuff, we were the slop hunters, me and Alex. Um, oh, that's funny. Eventually, we're like, hey, no one knows what the fuck a slop is, and no one knows why we're hunting them. So, let's pick a different name. And uh, I was just, like, picking up weird. The dumb name I thought of was uh, the Beaver Boys because uh, there's this TV show called Tim and Eric that I'm, like it and it's uh it's hard to explain their humor it's very random and fucking crazy just really a lot of random ass shit happens and they had a skit yeah. called the beaver boys and i'm like yeah let's be the beaver boys it's kind of funny right and he's like yeah sure yeah. let's do it and we just kind of switch from there wow yeah um so you you said when you came in you were pretty much 110 pounds and all that so when did you start bulking up and really you know turning it up where you're gonna you know change your whole persona and what you put out there um, I mean, I always worked out. So like, even when I was 110 pounds, I was still like a muscular, short kid, like lean kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, I remember in like high school, people were like, "Oh, John, you're pretty jacked." Uh, so I always had like the potential to build muscle. It was like I had the build was there. It just had to bulk, the bulk on it. You know. Um. Mm-hmm. So I started working out. I've always done some kind of workouts. Even when I was like a kid, I remember being at home before bed, banging out as many push-ups as I could, like, doing a shit ton of crunches. So, uh, I think ninth grade, I started really hitting the gym, but I didn't really, you know, back then, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, chest, uh, let's do some bench presses. I don't know, you know, 
how many reps to do. I don't know. I have no idea what I did. But <laughs> so I was probably just doing shit. And I mean, it's, doing that is better than nothing. But sure. as I started to get older, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, um, started to lift a little more, kind of learned a little bit more. Um, I think I had a few, like, few injuries that kind of, like, held me back a little bit. Because I remember at one point I was starting to get some size, and people were like, yeah, you're getting pretty big. And then, you know, this injury happens, and it slows you down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, now I'm a personal trainer, so I kind of know what the fuck I'm doing. So putting on sure. muscle is, like, you know, five, six, seven years has been a little better. But, um, yeah, I've always, I've always lifted. I just didn't always know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. I mean, how much did it motivate you, you know, coming into the game short and, you know, being a crash test dummy for, you know, the bigger guys and stuff to, you know, get yourself into the type of form where you're taken seriously and now you're like, okay, watch out for this fucking guy. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I never, I guess I didn't really think of it like that. Um, okay. I just kind of thought of it like there's people like I just would see and I'm like, I want to be like that person, not necessarily like the short guys, but I'm like, or even the tall guys, but I'm like that fucking jackass dude. Like you got to be Jack. You got to be big. Like, you know, like I just always thought like that was just my, always my mindset. It was, you know, like I got to be a big dude. You got to lift weights. You got to be strong. You want to be able to kick everyone's ass. (laughs) You know, you want to look that way. You want to be that way. So it wasn't, I don't even think of it. Like if I wasn't wrestling, I probably wouldn't be, as motivated to lift really heavy, but I still would think I'd be pretty big. Um, yeah. So I had that. I always just had that mindset of you gotta lift weights, like you gotta be as big as possible type mindset. Yeah. I guess. So what's your training regimen like these days? Uh, so I'm lifting. I mean, at least five days a week, um, sometimes more. Uh, sometimes it's like the wrestling schedule is a little busy, or you know, could be a little less, but um, I tend to do, I tend to do, I like to do one body part a day, to be honest, for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. I know people call it like a, a bro workout, but, um, uh, I really just like to, you know, do different shit. I mean, definitely, I just lift heavy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I obviously don't want to get as big as possible, but I also want to be strong. So I'll work a lot on my actual strength training. Um, I've been building my bench up a lot lately. Uh, for a while, I was working a lot on my squats, but just, I mean, if you ever want to, like, put on size and stuff like that, you got to do those big-ass compound movements. You got to lift heavy. Um, you got to eat like a maniac. So, for the most part, I work, like, my normal job is, I actually usually work Sunday to Thursday, and I work at a gym. Uh, okay. So, Monday to Friday is usually an easy, easy way to get in, and then if I'm wrestling Saturday, I usually don't work out then. Sundays, I sometimes don't work out because uh, I'm just fucking lazy on Sundays. But um, sometimes I'll, if I miss the workout, I might get it on Sunday. But it's like deadlifts, you know, I'm doing pull-ups, squats, all those heaviest lifts. A lot of times I'll get to, like, my one rep max. Um, but sometimes sometimes I have days where I'm, you know, focusing a little bit more on actual size. So I, mm-hmm. I just try to keep those guessing because when I start to do the same shit over and over, I get bored and the results like start to slow down. So mm-hmm. switching shit up and just heavy is like what I really do. Yeah. How, how hard is that to get used to to, you know, I mean, if you're doing something, you know, in the gym and you're really beating that body part up and then two days later, a lot of times the two days later is when I start to feel 
shit even more so than the next day. But you're going to go into the ring and you got to do all this athletic stuff and you got muscles that are just like blown out on you. Like, how do you manage all that? Uh, yeah, that's usually pretty tough, but that's how I kind of um, did my schedule was that uh, the days that, I mean, usually you got to, you know, you figure out weekends or when you're going to wrestle. So mm-hmm. I try to make sure my legs are kind of earlier in the week. So I usually do them on Tuesday. Okay. Um, yeah, I usually do legs on Tuesday because that will hurt, you know, hurt you the most. If your legs are like heavy, like that sucks. Uh, I do chest on Monday. Because uh, my get chopped and my chest is sore, that fucking sucks even worse. Um, yeah. But for the rest of it, it's not that bad. Uh, if I do, I usually do rather. Actually, what do I do? I think I do uh, shoulders on Thursday and arms on Friday usually. So those are the ones that would be the most sore. But I feel like mm-hmm. I, I don't. That doesn't really affect me too much. Like I'm. I feel like I could still do pretty much anything if I'm pretty sore. My thighs, tries, or shoulders, for the most yeah. part, and they don't get as sore as, like, my chest would or my back, or my legs would, so right. I usually just try to make sure, you know, I'm splitting it up. The thing that sucks the most is that uh, Beyond started running Wednesday shows, so, yeah. like, today I usually would do legs, but I had to switch it up. I had to be back today, um, and I'm wrestling again on Sunday, so I feel like Thursday would be a decent leg day to do. Um now I gotta like kind of switch it up my schedule. Yeah, that's gotta be difficult. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, depends. I've been I've wrestled super sore. It's just the main thing is legs. You never want to have your legs super sore. Uh, chest sucks too. Um, and I definitely don't get as sore as I used to when I first started working out. Like that's like crippling. I remember when I first started doing legs when I was young and I had mm-hmm. never done them before. I was like crippled. <laughs> you know, like. That's like you could barely walk. Uh, now, even if I, you know, kill my legs, I'm still sore, but I can still kind of move around a little bit. Like I still get on the treadmill and do some cardio. But um, yeah, yeah, I just hate when my legs are freaking super sore. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, after a leg day, a couple extra stairs, you're like, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, going down the stairs so I, even worse. Yeah, so I can only imagine That's some a, of the stuff you guys got to do down. on top of it. Yeah, but uh, so uh, early on in um your career, I'd say pretty early on, uh, you had a tag tournament for Five Burrows Wrestling, um, Team Tremendous, Red and Brian XL, Juicy Product, Young Bucks. Um, what's your thoughts on you know going into that type of big tournament? I think that was pretty early on, right? Yeah, that was. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck. I'm I'm like the worst memory. Uh, I remember the tournament, but I have no idea when it was. But um, that had to be at least five, six years ago, I guess, by now. Yeah, I think 2014, something like that. Okay. So, like, uh, around five, probably five years ago or so. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's more so just, like, I know a lot of those tag teams, even, like, Young Bucks, um, like, I've met them before at that point. Um, I think we wrestled them in the finals. Is that what happened? (laughs) I think so, yeah. Actually, yeah, actually we won too. I have the that was funny. Yeah, I have this frick the 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 trophy they gave us. I still have it in my room. I just kind of <laughs> use it as a uh, I put clothes on it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, we just we wrestled a lot of those people before. Team Tremendous, we wrestled a million times. Uh, Juicy Products, we wrestled them. Zoom Bucks, I never wrestled with Alex. And uh, we were, you know, we've been a fan of the, the, like them before that time. So we, it was pretty cool to, like, wrestle people that you're you're a fan of uh, and you, like, respect and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like um, that used to be, like, a place that used to book us every week. Um, I don't even think, I don't even know if they run shows anymore. But um, it was cool. I mean, it's always cool to have a tournament, you know, having different matches and, you know, wrestling people that you like are good and are, you know, cool people too. Yeah. Obviously, you know, going into that tournament, you guys were already solidified as a tag team and, you know, surely taken seriously because you got put over in a tournament stacked and um what was your your the point you thought like all right this tag team's really going to be like your regular thing and you guys seem to really focus on putting yourselves out there as, as a tag team as opposed to singles i think um probably more around like cgw um we were tagging before that but nothing like no big um shows Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've done like some shit here and there. We did like ECWA and uh, we did MWC obviously and some other places here and there. But once CZW started to book us, we're like, okay, like this is a well-known company. Like we're you know finally getting booked places where people could actually see us and you know know more about us. Um, so we kind of like realized then that that was let's fucking just keep on going with this tag team thing. Like we gotta just keep on going hard with it. But uh. I think the first show we did CZW was Austin versus Blackout. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, an, you know, an average match, nothing special. Uh, at that point, too, we haven't done a lot of, like, indie-type shows, you know, like, like the indie style. So, like, MWC was, like, very family style. Like, ECWA was pretty family style. And we watched, you know, stuff like PWG and stuff like other shows like that but we haven't really done too much stuff like that. So I think our first match was, you know, just a regular throwaway match. And then, mm-hmm. then they booked us versus, um, Asriel and Bandito. And we had a really good match. And then that's when they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to kind of bring you back every month now. Nice. Um, jump around a little bit, but, um, you worked a handicap match against Ryback. Well, what was that experience yeah. like? And, how that all come about? Uh, that was that was I mean super cool. I mean that's the first time I did anything with WWE. Um, so again, like just being super nervous. Um, I couldn't have been more nervous really. Uh, I got there. I ended up getting to the place like two or three hours early by accident. Cause I didn't want to be late, so I was there sure. just early, waiting my sure. car, like, hanging out. Uh, and I didn't know where to go. I had no idea what to do. Um, so luckily, actually, again, uh, Dan Echo is going to be there. So I saw him pull up, and I'm like, I know he's done extra work before. So I'm like, yo, just <laughs> please show me where the hell to go. Like, I have no idea what's going on. This is before he was signed, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just me being super nervous the entire time. Eventually, they said they wanted to have, um, you know, two guys wrestle right back. Uh, I think... I kind of fit the look they kind of wanted to because they weren't, they were having like smaller guys for the most part. At first they started having like some weird looking guys wrestling, I think. I think. Maybe I'm messing up. I don't know. But, uh, maybe I'm thinking of someone. I mean, I think of, that wasn't Braun Strowman. I was beating up small guys. 
I don't think so. No, I mean, they were definitely lining him up for Ryback for a minute. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think. I, but yeah, they were. He was just you know having matches, beating up you know other random dudes. That was his gimmick for a while. Um, so it was at. It happened to be at No Way Out. So I'm like, oh cool, like I my first WWE match is a pay per view. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, but I remember being super nervous. Uh, they made us. They gave us like a script. They wanted us to sing a song and like say something, whatever. And that was like the scariest part because like you didn't want to just freeze on TV, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the ring, I didn't freeze. I think I kind of just do what I had to do. But on the mic, you know, that's freaking scary shit. You look around. Like uh, right before they came on TV, you know, we ran out to the ring. It was dark and they probably had shit going on on the fucking Titantron thing. And, yeah. Uh, the lights come on, and the camera is on the ring announcer, so we didn't get an entrance. Uh, right. <laughs> I remember the the camera guy like almost yelling at me because I wasn't in shot because I was just looking around. I was just looking up at all the people, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> this, you know, this is awesome. So he gets us in, we sing the song. Dan goes messed it up a little bit. I yell at him. Uh, not didn't yell at him in the promo, but I was like, fucking Dan, you messed up. But when we got to the back, they were super cool about it. Like, oh yeah, it's funny you guys kind of messed the lines a little bit. But um, I remember taking uh, arguably one of the best back body drops of all time with Ryback. Uh, mm-hmm. you go check that out. Uh, I freaking flew so high on that. And then I remember <laughs> taking that and just looking around the crowd and people with, like, faces and uh, just kind of, like, actually getting to cherish the moment, I guess, a little bit. But yeah. nothing hurt in that. It was good. It was fun. It was easy. They all... Everyone in the back thought it was good. Triple H said, oh, thank you, and stuff like that. So I'm like, it was just a really it was a really cool thing, you know? Like, you kind of got a little taste of what WWE is like and what the crowds are like and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a terrifying, like, experience, but it was, like, super cool. Like, my family was going crazy, too. So that was always cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to be on a pay-per-view and everything else. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Nerve-wracking. So, so nerve-wracking. Yeah, I'm sure. That's a hell of a debut. It's not like you start with a dark match. It's just like a baptism by fire. Yeah, straight straight to freaking pay-per-view uh, with my family watching at home. And I don't know. I was like, I was probably like 20 or 21 then, too, so I was young. Yeah. Um, PWG 2015, they brought you in. You had a... You know, pretty solid run there. A uh, couple singles matches, tag matches. What was your thoughts on going out there? That was another like big uh, milestone accomplishment because me and I went with Alex. Me and Alex became like fans of PWG really when, at least for me, I don't know if Alex was watching before, but uh, we were at Hawkins' house and we were all drinking and like he was like, "Oh, before we go out, you know, you know, we started pre-gaming and watching PWG." And I'm like, oh, shit, like, we are watching a lot of dumb matches, too, with a lot of, like, comedy. But, like, we are watching that and watching some of the crazy shit going on. Like, this place is fucking awesome. So, once I saw that, I started buying the DVDs, like, almost every month and became a fan. Uh, so, eventually, we actually, because of that five-barrel match with the Young Bucks, uh, mm-hmm. they really liked us a lot. So, they were like, they were like, yeah, you guys should come to PWG. You know, we'll talk to uh, Super Dragon and try to get your books. And, you know, he told us to, like, make a highlight video and send it in and shit like that. Um, it was cool. That's, like, 
that like a that building there is like a famous wrestling building, you know, like you yeah. know they don't run there anymore. Whatever happened there, but it's like a everyone wanted to work there. That was like the place. Once you made it there, like it was kind of like a big deal, you know. Like everyone, at least if you didn't watch the show, you watched the highlight videos, you know. Like everyone watches those yeah. fucking things. So it was kind of like a big, like cool experience. Those days are freaking long though, so it's like those are exhausting ass days. Um, but it couldn't have been. Uh, it was awesome, and of course, like the tag against uh, Trent and Chuck, who are friends with too. Was pretty cool, um, but definitely long days. The crowds are awesome there, though. Like they were just reacting to everything. The thing that was weird though is like we didn't know. Okay, are we good? Get like are we at the heels here? Should we be faces here? But Chuck and Trent were so super over that we came out first. And they were kind of cheering us a little bit, and then once like they they knew they were wrestling Chuck and Trent, we just got booed just because we were wrestling Chuck and Trent. So yeah. it was. Um, but it was interesting. It was definitely a fun time uh, doing those shows. Like I said, longest freaking days. Uh, we also did their P, their DDT tournament. Yeah. That was like the most exhausted I've ever been like for wrestling because, you know, they book our like earliest flights to go out there. So we had to be up at around like, let's say four o'clock in the morning to get to the airport. Um, our flight, for some reason, I guess it was cheaper, but we went from New York then we go to Boston, had a layover there, and then straight to California. So hmm. we get to California. I didn't sleep at all. I mean, like, for some reason, the plane, like, I fall asleep super easy in cars. Like, once I get into a car, I can fall asleep. But in a plane, like, I don't really fall asleep on planes. Uh, so I stay up the entire time there. Usually you get there, you go to your hotel, maybe get some food, you go to the building, uh, you wrestle. And those shows start late, so... I guess they always say, like, hey, it starts at 8, but it doesn't usually end up starting until, like, 8.30, 8.45. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's, there's a time difference also. Like, by the time we wrestled to the DDT tournament, we went to the finals. So by the time we, you know, we're going out for our last match, we were awake for 24 hours. So we yeah. were fucking and we had two matches prior, so we're exhausted. Uh, never been more tired. And it was kind of funny that, like, we, re- we were, like, such – big PWG fans. We going into the last match, we currently were the PWG tag team champions and we're about the main event of PWG show. So it should be like the coolest fucking thing. We should be super hyped. But we walked to the ring like, oh my God. So fucking tired. Let's just go and do this thing. Um but that was also those shows are just awesome. The crowds you know, you can't beat those crowds. And I know like sometimes you you see ish crowd here and there on like uh, East Coast or here, you know, the uh, you know uh, mid or not mid South, but like uh, Midwest, Midwest, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a PWG crowd. And it's like, no, no, nothing's like a PWG crowd until you wrestle there. Like everything else yeah. is good crowd. Yeah, you know, this is PWG is a whole different level. So, um, those shows was fucking awesome though. Good experience. Yeah, those main events must have been like three o'clock in the morning East Coast time, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely around there. So, yeah, going into our life last year, up for fucking 24 hours, dying. Uh, but I don't know. It was always fun. It's just always exhausting. Like, you get, once you get home from those shows, too, because the next day your flight is another, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning. So, you get back to the hotel uh, and you can fall asleep for an hour, maybe. 
or you mm. just get food and hang out or have a few beers. Usually you just do that, and then once you get home from your flight, like, sleep for fucking 15, 15 hours. You know, like, your body's just destroyed at that point. Yeah. Um, I was looking up because one of the dream matches I thought of, I was like, man, I really want to see him versus Dickinson. And um, I saw that you, you wrestled him once in 2017 for Beyond. Is that the only time you wrestled Dickinson one on one? One on one, yes. I don't actually. I don't even know if I even did tag stuff with him. I think there uh, was some tag stuff that popped up, but one on one, I was looking, and I think it was just the one Beyond show. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. The, yeah, I think it's just that one show. Uh, yeah, that's the only show we really did one on one. What was your thoughts on it? Uh, it was just us like fucking each other up. You know, we both like each other, we're both friends. Um, and we just kind of went. We once we heard that match was gonna happen, like, oh, we're just gonna beat each other up, right? He's like, yeah, that's what <laughs> we're gonna do. So, just kicks, strikes. Um just a hard-hitting fight i mean a lot of times a lot of times when i know i'm going against a striker i'm like you know what the crowd's gonna want to see is just us beat the shit out of each other you know let's yeah. not try to do anything too like i wouldn't say not try to do anything too crazy but let's not do anything too different than what we do let's go out there let's have a fight let's brawl let's beat the shit out of each other and uh i'm sure they'll like it so uh i hope everyone liked it but we just you know like i said like going back and thinking about matches i'm such a my memory is so shot Oh, I have, yeah. I have no idea what we did besides beat the shit out of each other. I know we did that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go back and find that. But uh, uh non wrestling wise, um, you're on Impractical Jokers. How did that come about? I'm a big fan of the show. Saw you uh, throwing dodgeballs in there. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was season two, and uh, season one at the time I was trying to see this girl, and she said she was like this show with Proxy Joker. So I was at her house and watching it. And, um, you know, I thought it was hilarious. So I was on like the, I don't know if I'm, I don't even know if I'm still on the site, but I was on a site that has like casting calls for like random shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, like reality shows and this and that. And, uh, I get like, they can see my profile too. So they actually messaged me that said, Hey, you know, we're looking for, athletic guys to be on impractical jokers as a I guess an extra and um you're gonna be like a pro dodgeball player and uh you're gonna fucking take one of the guys with dodgeballs. So I saw that I'm like what I'm like what show is this like impractical jokers? I'm like, fuck yeah I'll do it. So uh I had to go to New York I had to go to New York City and there's like a gym in there and uh basically they filmed a different punishment and then they filmed us. So they filmed a whole bunch of shit. Like we're just they filmed this, like, throwing the ball as hard as he could against the wall and fucking doing all this cool shit. Uh, you got to meet the guys, like, say, hey, you know, what's up? But um, through the show, like, I kind of knew. They kind of filmed me a lot. I think I kind of mm-hmm. brought a little bit of, like, wrestling personality in there. Like, everyone else yeah. is a normal person. I don't think anyone else is really, like, an, like, an actor or anything like that. So then I'm trying to, like, make weird faces and pretend I'm, like, I'm super, you know, pumped or whatever. So they kind of got me on film a lot, a decent amount at least. But uh, yeah. basically, it's what it was. Like they gave us a bunch of dodgeballs. We pegged the shit out of them. Uh, one dude like hit him in the face. Like really, I guess they showed it. They like hit him right in the face. And mm-hmm. what they didn't show is once he hit him in the face, like it showed like that's pretty much it. But he like ran to the corner and started hiding. We 
started like running traps him and just pegging him as hard as we could, like from like point blank, just fucking slamming him. <laughs> so we beat the shit out of him more. But he was like a cool sport about it and stuff like that. One of the guys, I've got one of them, I think like maybe Q or something, like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think one of you guys broke his nose because uh, <laughs> he was bleeding after. But I guess they just didn't want to show blood on the show, but he was like bleeding too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, know, it was just fun. It was a, yeah, just got a random casting call. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm practically joking. Of course I'm going to, and I get to peg Murr with dodgeballs. Of course I'm going <laughs> to, you know? Yeah, that's funny as hell. Um, I remember watching that because I watched all the episodes and was like, holy shit, I think that's John Silver on there and ran it back. It was like, absolutely. Holy shit. Yeah, I get, I still get people like randomly like tagging me on Twitter or like Instagram. Like, hey, I think I just saw you on Impractical Jokers. Is that you or is that someone else? I'm like, no, nope, nope, that's me. That's, that's definitely me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I think it was last year. They started bringing you in a lot more for CZW. You had been on and off with them, you know, as far as working, you know, Beaver Boys, and they'd bring you in. And, and then um, you started be, being a pretty much regular guy to the point where, I mean, they seemed to be bringing guys in to work you, um, Drago being one of them. What was your thoughts on working him? Uh, it was cool. It was actually, I mean, sometimes you go against guys that are, you know, don't really speak as much English. Like, you don't – know how easy or it's going to be it was really easy put the match together kind of went in the ring and started talking a little bit and you know it was you know just came easy he was a cool guy too uh at the time i think he was dealing with a little bit of a little bit of an injury but you know mm-hmm. he still had a didn't really you know didn't really mess with the match at all uh it's pretty fun um and he was a cool guy yeah we didn't go too crazy obviously because he was i think i don't know if it was a neck uh i think it was neck was a little messed up but um, we still bullshit. Uh, it was fun. I mean, during that time when they started to bring guys in to like work with me, um, that was cool because I really I kind of told them too. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to just work, you know, bullshit matches with bullshit guys. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's make this mean something. Let, let's have some good matches. Like. I don't want to just fuck around. I don't want to hey, be like, hey, you got 8 to 10. You're with fucking Joe Schmo over here. Like, give me people I want to work. Give me some good people. Like, let's fucking get some good matches going, you know? So yeah. I was lucky enough to be like, oh, okay, sure. We'll do that. We'll do that. And, you know, I got some good matches out of it. Yeah, Matt Riddle was another one. Yeah. Um, DJ mentioned he wanted to bring in Riddle. And he's like, yeah, obviously you're the first choice to go against him. It only makes sense. Uh, you know, similar styles. Uh, I'm like, sure, I've wrestled, at that point I wrestled Riddle before uh, mm-hmm. at Beyond, but that's when it like, first started to kind of break out a little bit. Um, so it was like a shorter match. And by this point, you know, he was a big indie name. So he had wrestled a bunch of places. So it was pretty cool. Uh, again, like, just like kind of like with Dickinson, like, the match, like, yeah, we're just going to kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> like, we just got to hit each other hard and um, maybe do some submissions because that's kind of what we do. But I definitely got one or two kicks from him. Like, there's a picture I posted. He didn't get me in the, the chin, but it looks like in the picture he's fucking my face up. But he got me, like, <laughs> pretty high. Uh, and that's it's fine because I sometimes kick people, you know, a little high, too. But, uh also, I think I, if you brace too much, so when you take these kicks, the worst thing you could possibly do, and a lot of people's um, 
you know, reaction is to brace where you kind of put your biceps forward, like your arms forward, and that's the mm-hmm. worst thing you can do. Or even turn your body where you're getting kicked in the arm. That's the worst thing you can do because your bicep will fucking bruise the fuck up. So I probably did that after one because he doesn't wear kick pads and he's a trained freaking UFC fighter. So his kick yeah. is fucking like everyone sucks. And like we're kind of going for the national what we're going to do. I even said, I'm like, we're going to kick the shit out of each other. You got to kick me a bunch. I'm going to kick you a bunch. And then after like the first one, I'm like, God damn it. I wish I didn't say that. I wish yeah. I just fucking roll around or something. This is a bad idea. So I probably like uh, braced a little bit too much. I definitely didn't turn my body because that's what fucking I hate when people do that. But I braced a little bit, put my arms too much forward, and my fucking biceps uh, got super black and blue. It looked like freaking mm. I was like I had disease on my freaking arm. But uh, yeah. that's what happens. You know, when you kick each other a lot, you're gonna get you know you're gonna get some bruises here and there. But uh, that yeah. match was fun. I actually had a lot of fun with that match. Yeah. Now, you know, doing what you do, throwing the kicks you do, obviously you get into a lot of these kick battles. Were, were his the most brutal kicks you've taken? Uh, Yeah. Um, I think so. I mean, he only did ones to really like the the chest. I hate, like, the ones to the back are always going to be worse. Like, those mm-hmm. sometimes will send bolts on your spine. That's why I never really do those ones because I don't want to take them. Like, I don't mind taking yeah. the chest kicks. But I don't want to get kicked in my spine because that fucking sucks. <laughs> so I don't do it to other yeah. people. But um, Riddle definitely hurts the most. Dickinson's, I remember, got a lot. Dickinson has a lot of power. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of thick freaking legs. And he also does, uh, like, MMA-style training. Um, yeah. It's tough. But, like I said, Dickinson has freaking a kick pad on, at least. Mm-hmm. Freaking Riddle's got that's just shin on my chest. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else who would be close to really that. I think actually, I mean, this is back in the day, but I don't know if you remember Josh Daniels. Yeah, the wrestle. Uh, uh, his kicks sucked, and I was taking kicks from him when I was like 16, 17 years old. <laughs> so uh, for a while. Uh, MIWC kind of lumped me with like the the technical people, like the technical hard hitting groups. So mm-hmm. I was wrestling uh, Josh Daniels, uh, Papa Don, um, and Quiet Storm all the time. And I okay. was a fucking like small at this time, obviously not as muscular, seventeen, uh, eight, eighteen year old kid. So these guys just beat the fuck out of me. But from recent memory, probably Riddle. Riddle is yeah. definitely the probably the whole player. Yeah. Um, CZW booked uh, you and Alex in uh, the Chris Cash ladder match to end uh, uh, down with the sickness card, which was always kind of like a big thing over the years and usually landed on like, you know, see your CZW guys, which, you know, I mean, they started booking you a lot, bringing some guys in. But to me, it was weird from an outsider's perspective, like, Oh, are these these are the CZW guys now? Because I mean, Alex was gone for a while, even when they were bringing you in and stuff. Um, what was your thoughts on you know being in that spotlight and at the top of that card in a ladder match? Uh, I mean, it's cool that they they have faith in you and they want to like put your name at a main event and in like an important match. Um, and I think they did it more so because of the rivalry that we had. 
because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously turn up on Gacy's group and stuff like that. And they kind of made it like a chase. So I was always trying to chase them to get them. Um, not necessarily a match. So for CZW, I don't really want to be, the, especially with no offense to Alex or, or actually whatever, it's not even an offense to Alex, but uh, it's two guys that really aren't hardcore guys in a match where people want to see a bunch of hardcore shit. Yeah. You know, I yep. actually don't mind doing stuff, uh, but it's not, it wouldn't be my forte. So we could have a good ladder match. You know, we could do a mean out and have a good hardcore match, but for a crowd that's used to death matches, you know, it's, it wouldn't be what's what the crowd is necessarily wanting as much. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to argue about the event being in the, the match. But I'm like, you know what? I'm like, what the fuck can we do? Like, I'm not going to, go out of my way to say, hey, we should do some light tubes and glass and shit, you know, because that's right. not necessarily what I, well, I know Alex doesn't want to do that. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the best spot for us, um, but it, it made, uh, storyline-wise, it made sense. They could have put really just any hardcore guys in there and just, they could have had just a really good match, a death, ma- death match, um, and done crazy shit off the top with a Flatters and through the outside through a burning table and if they really wanted to, um, mm-hmm. which got the crowd more involved. But you know they they thought a little bit more storyline than you know what the crowd, well, at least the deathmatch crowd would like. Because right. I know like sometimes it, a lot of the a lot of new crowds at some of the CCW shows, so a lot of them more are invested in some like actual characters and stuff like that than it is back in the day where it was like. Hey, do some fucking cool shit, or do some fucking death matches, or fuck you, get the fuck out of the ring. They're kind of a little bit more, I'd say, a little more like respectful, I guess. But it's not the same exact crowd. But some of that crowd still comes out to watch these shows every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I guess the crowd was still into it. Um, but for the, I don't know, it was just not the best spot exactly for us. But it right. was still, you know, still out there, did some shit. Sure. Um, what's your favorite venue you've ever worked in? You're talking about the uh, PWG joint. Is that the one? Yeah, it's got to be PWG. Cause, um, I mean, like, unless you want to count the fucking uh, where I wrestled the uh, Izod Center or whatever the fuck it was in Jersey for WWE. Unless you want to count yeah. that. <laughs> That's the, but uh, sure. you got you to go with the PWG building. Just the crowd is always awesome. They're drunk. They're going crazy. They're, you know, you hit a shoulder tackle and they want to fucking lose their minds. Uh, yeah. So then when you do all crazy shit, it's even crazy. You know, like the crowd goes even more crazy. Um, you know, I've obviously done the UCW arena, uh, which is cool too for like nostalgic purposes. You know, like being somewhere that's such a famous arena that you've watched, you know, a lot of. Yeah. Uh, it's always cool. Um, but the crowd there is not as good, still not as good as PWG. PWG will always be like the best crowd. Uh, I'm trying to get any other, any other really sweet buildings. I mean, yeah, PWG is going to have to be the best one. Definitely. Uh, there's been some other good places where I'm like, the crowd's been nuts and shit like that. No, it's a good place. Um, I think a, a, a W runs there every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it called Logan Square? Is that what it's called? Um, Bad. I don't know. I don't know. But I did there 
I did a few shows there for Shikara, and those crowds were fucking nuts. Uh, GWG would be a little better, but those crowds would, like, love everything. And, like, I always had, every time I was there, they usually give us, like, they always be for Shikara there, but we, they always give me good matches there. So I wrestled, like, uh, Generico there. We've done me and Jigsaw versus the Young Bucks uh, versus Eric Cannon and uh, Corbin. Uh, who else do we wrestle? We wrestled a bunch of people there. So and we always had good matches to, like, have there in front of, like, a fucking good crowd. But mm-hmm. I still got to get to PWG. Yeah, nothing really beats PWG. Yeah. Now, yeah, it seemed like the the what they went with as far as their formula was just like get a small building, pack it on a regular basis. Um, you know, obviously they could fill a way bigger arena than what they what they book, but they made it like a like a a seeked out ticket, you know, like a harder show to get into. So, do you think that that's a better formula overall? Because a lot of places just book these big buildings and half fill them, but um. Yeah, they they kind of built something that's, like, people are dying to get into. Yeah, um, I do think it's a better formula because it's it's more about um, – it's more about the crowd, really. Um, like, if the crowd's awesome, the show's awesome. Mm. Like, I've had matches where the crowd's – like, I'm putting on a fucking good match and the crowd sucks, and then after the match – I'm like, fuck, I'm pissed off. I'm not happy. I'm, like, not happy with myself for the match. Even though I look back, I'm like, oh, the match was really good. But the crowd just, you know, fucking too big of a building. Uh, The sound gets lost. The crowd is, you know, young. A lot of people that are fucking not paying attention or they're doing this, they're doing that. Uh, So, yeah, it really does. It's more so about, you know, how you see it. Like, if you're going to sell DVDs, if you're going to sell anything – and you watch the show, and the crowd's going nuts, you're going to be like, oh, that match was probably really good, <laughs> even if it wasn't good. So uh, it's definitely better. I mean, a lot of shows in, like, Europe, too, a lot of times they have just those dope-ass crowds. So people are like, yo, these shows are amazing. And some, I mean, they have probably really good wrestling, but if you watch it, you're like, okay. If you actually watch the match, you're like, okay, that match itself is fine. Like, there's plenty of that here in America, in Canada, in, but, like, those crowds are just making it ten times better. So now, yeah. like, I try to, like, think of it as, a, like, a fan. They're not, like, trying to think of why it's awesome. They're just like, wow, the crowd's going crazy. Uh, you know, this is happening. This is the best show ever, you know? So yeah. those that's why, I mean, PWG has awesome matches. A lot of places have awesome matches. Places in Europe have awesome matches. But when you see it, and you see the crowd, you hear the noise, you hear the reactions, you will react more to it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, there's definitely been built. There's been fucking shows I've done, and I've done, like, next to nothing, and the crowd is losing their mind. And people are like, yo, your match was fucking insane. I'm like, yo, I, I didn't do anything. I barely took any bumps. <laughs> I did, like, maybe one cool move. I'm like that's not better than other shit I've been doing. I just this crowd was just really good. So I I really do think if you could, it's all about finding the right building and finding mm-hmm. the right fans with the the right I guess like aura to it. Like sure, it has to be an aura to it. If it looks cool, uh, it it helps too. Like good lighting and all that shit definitely helps. And people don't realize how much that shit helps. Sure. 
Um, what's your thoughts on the New York wrestling scene? Obviously, you started out there, but it's it doesn't even you know I live in Jersey and I don't feel it gets like a ton of exposure like the stuff that goes on in Philly. I hear more about the Cali shows and even the Mid South shows than I hear about the stuff that's right up the road in New York. I mean, House of Glory does pretty well, but even their distribution is really not that great. Yeah, I, the New York scene is a little like beat up. Um, like, yeah, House of Glory bunched some really good shows. I know they have some really good houses. Um, like, MIWC, it's always been, it's, even, like, back in the day, it's always been, we always called it, like, the best kept secret. Like, it's just, they're not very good at getting this shit out there so enough people can see it. Um, mm-hmm. And they run, like, a very family-type crowd. Um, they liked it. Like, when I go out there and I do some cool-ass shit, they always love it, too. But they're, like, a family, they're more of, a, like, a family crowd. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is why it can't grow. Because for a while, like, there wasn't, like, huge shows, but there was a lot of shows running in New York. Like, you'd see every weekend there was something at the freaking Elk Slodge. There's something here. There's something there. Uh, but now with the commission cracked down so much, like, the commission fucking sucks. Uh, yeah. Like, you can't do so much stuff. Like, you have to have an ambulance present, um, which costs, you know, the company extra money. I mean, it's good to have, obviously, an ambulance present just in case something happens. You know, so I can't knock that, really. But mm-hmm. now that a company that doesn't have the money to pay that is not going to want to show, you know. So less shows are happening, which actually is kind of good because there was some bullshit, you know, shows happening every weekend. But uh, you definitely can't – your hands are a little tied. Like, you really can't do any, like, big hardcore stuff uh it's it's obviously not as bad as like what was it like the Louisiana was that where WrestleMania was or when they like there was supposed to be like no pile drivers or some shit with like yeah shows I think so. uh, not as bad as that but it's still like it makes it's harder to run like as many shows and do as much shit so it's like beat up now there's no like standout um show and even like for some reason House of Glory is not getting. They're, they're, it, whenever I see that they're posters, I'm like, oh, that fucking looks dope. Like, they're booking all this cool ass shit, and I really don't see the clips online. You know what I'm saying? Me either. Like, I, don't yeah. really, I don't see the gifts, and I know that's dumb to say, like, I don't see the gifts, but, like, see, the more you see something out there, the more you're like, oh, okay, that looks like it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, like, maybe, like, they need to put, like, more stress on, like, putting out some free matches, putting out uh, stuff more people could see it and then maybe gets more like notoriety I guess through that but I always see the posters yeah. and I'm always like oh it looks good but I never see like pictures I never see more videos and gifts and all that shit that makes people think oh wow that looks like a lot of fun let me go there you know what I'm saying oh um, yeah but how's for good? sure how's good? Uh, they have potential to be the you know a big indie name I think even though they are a decent size you know decent indie name but they're potential is a lot higher they just have to hit that extra potential yeah yeah i agree because i've seen the same posters i've seen you know before aj went up to the wwe it was like aj versus ricochet and i'm like wow like i I should be hearing a ton about this stuff but just kind of goes like you said almost best kept secret even though you know it's house of glory not nyc but it's the same thing yeah yeah that's it's just all about getting your shit seen that's why um i think like, Beyond Wrestling was always super good at that. 
like they're all they're posting nonstop. They're setting up free matches. They're having people like gif it. They're having this. They're just like I'm. I'm like every day. I'm getting like tagged on Twitter and Instagram and like shit. So and the more I retweet it and other wrestlers retweet it and these fans retweet it and then this happens and this gets liked. Then like just more people see their stuff. Like it's just you just gotta get. It's like a. It's it's you know you gotta also promote yourself as much as you want to have a good match. You also have to get promoted as much. Sure. Um, now you go into this best of the best. Um, uh, how, how does it come about that you're going to be the guy? Um, you're going to go through this tournament, and uh, obviously the gears switched. Where you know uh, it was supposed to be MJF versus Mance Warner. MJF backs out. Titles on the line in the tournament. Now all, everything's coming your way. Yeah, um, it was gonna be a cool, cool night, uh, cool moment to win everything. Um, obviously, the belt wasn't supposed to be online, but MJF pulled off. Uh, they added a few people in the tournament because I know Red retired. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was definitely cool. I mean, definitely a cool moment. Um, I didn't know exactly what was gonna happen going into the tournament because. Shit changes all the time, and people, you know, like I said, all this, all this uh, retiring, and this person's here, and this person's not showing up, and but I was definitely, I mean, I think it, everything led like whatever. If you followed my CZW story, it made sense um, mm-hmm. for me to be that guy. Uh, definitely was able to have some good matches in the tournament. Uh, me and Star beat the shit out of each other, and that was fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a good moment because I think I think I was I was lined up to be that guy. I think I worked hard to be the guy. Um, yeah. And especially, if it wasn't just the the winning the belt. I mean, best of the best seemed like it should have been right up my alley, you know, years ago. But um, it happened this you know this past year, so I was good. It's a good moment. Yeah, I was good to see. He's good to do that. Uh, win the belt and win the you know best of the best. Um. Yeah, I did. I had a lot of fun. When these tournaments happen, like I said before, like it's so exhausting too. Not as exhausting as that PWG show I did, but it was like, damn, I'm going to this last match. This match has to be the longest match. We're going to beat each other up the most. Um, but it's definitely all well worth it, once you're, especially once you're out there and you're doing everything and then you're done. And, uh, you know, it's funny too. Like when I was a kid, I would go on YouTube and like watch like wrestling videos. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch, you know, I'd look up CZW or look up, maybe even not just CZW, just like I'd look up, you know, indie wrestling and see what crazy shit everyone's doing. And you see, you know, CZW, you see deathmatch, you see blood, people shooting blood everywhere, glasses, like panes of glass and all that shit. And I'm like, as a kid, I was like, fuck, I never want to wrestle in this place. <laughs> now, you know, fast forward, like, you know, 12 years, I'm the champion of the promotion and best of the best. <laughs> so it's just it's pretty funny how that worked out, but um, it was definitely a cool moment. Um, I think I worked hard to get there, so it was appreciated. And um, sure, yeah, it was a good time. Coming out of that, I mean, what's the pressure now being CZW champion? And uh, as you mentioned, now I, obviously things have changed a little bit, and 
you're not, you know, demanded to do 200 light tubes every month or any kind of crazy things like that. Not that they really ever did that every month, but, um, you know, I mean, CCW champion, I mean, first, first challenger up is Matt Tremont, former champion and deathmatch legend at this point. Um, you know, what's the thoughts of, you know, kind of steering yourself in that, okay, now how do I please the crowd that's, you know, hungry for that type of action? Uh, no, actually, I you know, like I said before with the ladder match, that's, I think that was a little different. This is, I think I'm exci- I'm more excited for this now. Uh, mm-hmm. I want, I like, I like different matches where I'm challenged on what I can and what I definitely could do. Um, I always said, like, I'm not against hardcore, I'm not against death matches, I'm not against anything, but I'm not going to do some of the shit, but I will, you know, sure. definitely you know, experiment with some stuff. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see what we're going to, you know, see what we're going to do. Um, and then I'm excited for the match to itself. But my, like, my main goal is to make the title reign as much fun as possible. So mm-hmm. the last thing I want, the very last thing I want is, okay, John versus Tremont. And let's just say I win. Me, all right, John versus... Uh, Gresham. Okay, he wins. Okay, John versus David Starr. Like, I don't want to just have those, like, those matches all be great, but I just don't want to just be like, okay, new match, um, uh, new match. Like, there's nothing, there's no substance to it. Right. I want more, like, a, I want more of, like, wow, that was fucking, I want to see what's going to happen next. Uh, I want to see how that's going to, you know, what's going to come out of this, what's going to come out of that. So I kind of want, not just to go out there and just have a, a match, you know, go out there and have a good match. I want to have fucking a match that's going to be fucking awesome and people are going to be excited for it and see what different shit's going to happen, you know? Sure. Um, so, you know, the crowd, like, fucking excited. I don't want the same old shit. I want to see some different, different shit. That's why I think I'm wrestling Tremont. It's going to be a completely different match because you could have your deathmatch guy versus your deathmatch guy any day. You could have your good wrestler versus your good wrestler any day. But right now you're seeing, you know, arguably, I wouldn't say arguably, you're having like the heart of CZW in Matt Tremont. Like, you think of Matt, you think of CZW right now, you think of really Matt Tremont. You're having him go against, mm-hmm. you know, best of the best who uh, really hasn't done any hardcore shit. So it's two different styles going at it. So I think uh, we have some stuff to play with, and we'll see what happens. Sure. Um, I think you're definitely a fitting CZW champion. Um, CZW uh, over the past couple of years has kind of lost its way. Uh, a lot of focus is, you know, headed towards GCW and the things they're doing. They kind of took what CZW's formula was and, and really ran with it. Um, what do you think it would take for CZW to get back to, you know, being a main player on the East Coast? I mean, they opted out of uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, obviously, you know, following the next weekend, but it's still, it doesn't show like, Hey, we're going up against all the big guns out there. What do you think it would take to get them back to where, you know, they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest on the East coast? Uh, to be honest, it's, it's really, it's, it's going to be a new building. Um, I think that one thing that GCW does very good and is they run good buildings with crazy crowds, um, mm-hmm. so like sometimes I, I I I look I go on the internet I 
I don't really look at like I try not to look at like results and reviews and what I what this person thinks about the show and what this person. But if I'm scrolling through like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, I you know I see some shit. So I saw sometimes I'll see stuff like wow this this show sucked this match wasn't good and I'll see like a death you know sometimes I'll say it about like a death match on the CZW show. And I watched, I watched, you know, most of the show unless I'm like resting right after and I have to get prepared. But I'm like, damn, these guys fucking kill each other. They did this some crazy ass shit. That was fucking dope. And then I see reviews like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't as good. I'm like, no, that shit was good. <laughs> that shit was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they just need the best crowd there watching it, and the crowd wasn't reacting, making the match seem like not as good. Like some of these guys are fucking nuts. Uh, like, so you know, obviously Matt Tremont's still there. You got Connor Claxton, Dan Hare, uh, some other people just doing some crazy shit. Even like Brennan Kirk and uh, I think Brennan Kirk for Masato will probably go crazy too. And I'm like, mm. sometimes I'm seeing like, man, this is some dope stuff. This stuff like is insane. It's just not getting the official love because this crowd is not the exact crowd that it always was. So sure. I think I don't think it's like, hey, these shows aren't good. I think the shows are good. Uh, and I think one thing that CCW also does is they're always ahead of the game in the head, in the sense of getting talent. So if you look at a lot of the people that became big indie stars or WWE stars or AEW or Impact, like they were in CCW and it was before they were the indie name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like a lot of these shows nowadays, it's like okay, indie name versus indie name, and then indie name versus indie name, and then uh, this guy is already over, so we're going to brook him too. And then this guy. So it's like CCW really – they'll bring in some – like I said, like they brought in Riddle and they brought in a few people here and there, but they're not – they're trying to get the young talent. And I think that's a good thing for wrestling because it gives them more exposure. Uh, and they probably haven't had. Um, but they also should be maybe getting a few more indie names to kind of work with some of these younger guys as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think I really do think it's just the building. I've told them before that too. Uh, when we did those few shows in that other building that I think GCW runs now, I told them this should be the only building we run. This should only be here. It's such Which a one's order. that? The um, the Asbury. Yeah, yeah, Asbury. They did a yeah. few shows there, and the crowd, the crowd were going nuts. So I went after. I'm like, hey, I want you to release my match for free on YouTube. I want you to promote it. Uh, and I want us to, you, we should only run this building, even though our attendance was less, I guess, than the other show that we run. It mm. will help in the long run. But I guess it didn't happen. Um, but it needs to be a building, buildings like that, so people see the show, and they see it online, and they see it on YouTube, and they say, fuck, I want to be a part of that. So they start to go, or they tell your, their friends. So I, I think it's just, like I said, Buildings go a long way because I don't think the work rate is any. Someone's like, "Hey, the CW work rate's not good." I, I highly doubt that. That's not the truth. Um, it's really just having the crowd get more involved with it, yeah. and it makes it cheap. So it's just, I guess that's that's what I think. When they start getting another building like that, I think they're they're doing good. It's not a bad idea because, again, you know, if 
they're getting a few more fans, but the building is half empty still, and then they're not getting the the crowd livened up. It doesn't make anyone on DVD or anywhere else to really want to you know go tune in. But um, you know, my, to to scale back, I mean, go ahead. My big catch up. My big example of this is PWG. So PWG had yeah. that building they were running for, right? And that crowd was always fucking nuts, right? When mm-hmm. once a year they used to do something, I forgot what the name of the show was, but it was like a, I think it was around WrestleMania weekend. They would run somewhere else. And the crowd size was probably good, but the noise was nowhere near. Like the reactions were nowhere near what it was in the other building. So I watched right. that DVD. And I forgot some of the matches, but I remember one of the matches was, like, Steam uh, and Super Dragon and, like, someone else versus – maybe, like, I think a Japanese wrestler, I forgot who, versus, like, Pac, Generico, and, like, Sema or something like that. And, like, all these crazy indie names going at it. And those reactions weren't nearly as good as what it was for, a, you know, opening match in PWG at the other building. So sure. it wasn't the – the, the match quality, it was literally just the crowd. And I remember seeing these, like the, the, the DVD and being like, oh, yeah, this isn't the same. I don't really like this as much. It was just the crowd. It was really just the crowd. That's what made yeah. me say, eh, I'm not as much into this as other shows. What's your thoughts on balconies? I, I fucking love the look of balconies. And I don't know, you know, from your perspective in the ring, does that amplify the sound that much more and, and come off as well as I think it does? Like uh, balconies, like seating, or like, like a, um, yeah, you know some of those these buildings. I know Beyond was running the one with the balcony, um, you know, and they packed those, and then it's, it the sound is coming from two levels instead of just all your you know ground floor. Yeah, I think that helps as long as it's also like still pretty much close. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, but mm-hmm. it definitely helps. You got people on the ground. You got people up there. So even when, like, you're selling or you're looking around, you're looking up, you can look down, you kind of, like, and you'll always see people, and you'll always see they're reacting if they're up there, they're reacting, uh, reacting down there. So it kind of helps, like, there's more there's more to see if you look around, and there's more faces, really. Um, so I think it, like I said, and like you said, like, they're reacting down there and up there. So it's, like, two different levels of noise coming. So... I like that. If you can find like a good building like that, usually, usually the noise is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, another, just one last thing about the CZW thing is, um, you know, a lot of these guys that were mainstays in CZW, whether it be Joe Gacy, Kid Osborne, like these guys are, you know, they're walking out of the company and making like public statements. Like I'm not working for this company anymore rather than just taking other bookings and just not being there. Um, how do you think that reflects the company and what's your thoughts on that overall? Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know what everyone's, uh, chances. So I never like sat down and say, Hey Joe, what's going on? Like, why did you do this? You know, like, um, I mean, obviously it doesn't make always the company look good or if they're, I wouldn't say even bashing it, but you know, like saying they're not going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they – I think that – actually, actually, never mind. Actually, I, remember, I think I remember I did actually talk with Gacy. I think the main thing for him is he didn't want to be labeled as much as a CZW guy. Um, right. And I guess that's not necessarily a 100% knock on the company because he didn't want to be like, oh, 
Joe Gacy, he does CCW, he's like, a, does those death matches or something, or he does, like, he's hardcore, and Joe now is wrestling in Evolve, which is, like, obviously, like, we're wrestlers, you know, here. So, I think he just wanted to change mm-hmm. his image a little bit of not being that CCW-style type guy. Um, Kit, I haven't talked to Kit, but, I mean, it, some people, it's like any company, though, there's, like, if you believe it, sometimes if you're not happy, like I've had companies I really wasn't happy with and I wanted to leave and I was done. I don't think it's, I don't think you need to freaking put out a freaking memo that you're leaving. I really don't. Um, mm-hmm. There's no really reason to, uh, in my opinion. Um, but they might have different reasons why. I don't know. Like I've had companies that are just like, fuck this place. I don't want to wrestle here anymore. I'm not going to go yeah. on Twitter and tell everyone. Like, if I'm not there, I'm not there. You're going to see I'm not there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't really – it's up to them. But people handle their situations, I guess, a little differently sometimes. Sure. Um, if you had to pick your, your top three matches or your top favorite matches that you would put on, you know, with, I don't know, people don't really make DVDs anymore at this point, I guess. But if you wanted to show three matches to somebody, be like, this this is what I could do, what would those three matches be? Shit. <laughs> Uh, God damn, that's a tough question. I'm like such a weirdo. Like, so many people like they wrestle and they go back, they watch the match, they go over stuff. I probably should do that, but don't. I'm just. <laughs> I think I get the, like, I get like a weird anxiety watching myself wrestle because mm-hmm. I'm not watching, thinking like, yeah, this is that was good, that was cool. I'm like, it's always like just me tearing myself apart. So it's like, oh, I could have waited that one extra second and then did this or I, you know, you know, that kind of looked, that kick didn't look as hard as the other one or that, like, I don't know, like, I always just tear myself apart. Um, so it's hard to really say my top one. I think, you know, off the top of my memory right now because it's fresh, uh, I had a lot of fun with the, the match with David Starr. Um, I think we just, we beat the fuck out of each other, like, real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brain was like scrambled for a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and then I think the also that going into me winning the belt and best of the best kind of elevated that um, sure. there's been some nice tag matches I had that were really good uh, like I said we wrestled uh, and, I, and you know what like a lot of it too is, is me some of the matches I'm saying are going to be because of like crowd reaction um, me and uh Means as the shard, me and Jigsaw versus Eric Cannon and Corbin was awesome because the crowd was going fucking nuts. Uh, mm. That match like st- sticks out so much. Even me in the same building versus Generico was just a lot of fun. Um, also, fucking whatever. I, I wrestled I wrestled Chris Statlander recently from Beyond, and the crowd was going crazy for that. And like everything that we. It was like when everything you kind of put together goes exactly the way you want. Like, mm-hmm. and like when you, when people, when wrestlers kind of go over a match and they talk over what's going to happen, you kind of think about how the crowd is going to react at certain moments, you know? Yeah. And during that match, they all reacted like probably even more than they expected. So mm-hmm. stuff like that, like, that's what you like as a as a wrestler, as a performer. You know, me versus Riddle was great, but the mm-hmm. crowd reaction wasn't as crazy 
as right. let's say some of the matches that might have been like let's say some of the matches I had could have been the fucking best match where people like watch that and like yo that was insane, but sometimes it's always the crowd reaction. It really that makes me feel like happy or pissed or whatever my feelings are about the match. It's mm-hmm. how the crowd reacts not necessarily technically that was fucking awesome, but this this and the crowd didn't do that, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, you mentioned your match with Chris Statlander. Um, what's your thoughts on intergender wrestling? It's become like a very big trendy thing. Some people, you know, think there's too much of it. Some, you know, I mean, it's got to be hard to really be, build believability too between, you know, uh, in an intergender match when you're used to banging out with Riddle and this and that, and then you got to make it work where it's believable. So, I mean, what's your overall thoughts on intergender wrestling and I I like to, to do intergender matches um, because it's different. So it's like it's for me like I think of it more of like creatively too. Uh, this is going to be different than obviously this other match, um, and I know what the crowd likes to see or at least will react to um, mm-hmm. when it comes to intergender. Um, I don't like some of the people that like push it super hard. I think their arguments are kind of dumb sometimes about mm-hmm. why it's like the best thing ever, but I still like it. I still like to see it. I think there's a market for it. Um, you know, but it's like, I'm not going to be one of those guys like, yes, this is the thing that everyone should be doing. It should always be, you know, intergender. It should always, you know, like it's so weird because people, people compare wrestling to movies or mm-hmm. TV shows but it it makes sense, but it's not it's not always the, the right uh, comparison. You know, there are a lot of similarities where you can kind of compare them, but they're not the same exact thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with you know some people or even some like even even some like guys like you almost like if I see a match and I'm like okay I'm gonna watch uh, let's just say Super Small Girl versus Brian Cage. Like you're like it's hard to kind of get into it sometimes for me, or yeah. and that's not that's not saying just a girl, but if I'm watching a super small like skinniest dude go against let's say a Brian Cage, I'm like, and the guy's like cleaning house on Brian Cage or doing this, I'm like yeah okay, like it's just not doing it for me as much, you know. Yeah, but there's I, a market. I agree. Think Butter, think Butter have a fucking awesome match, and that's a different like dynamic for them to kind of work with because they're not used to. But mm-hmm. sometimes some fans, or even sometimes me, I'm like, okay, but I'm not, I'm kind of taken out of it a little bit, you know? Yeah. If these two are trading strikes, I'm like, ah, it's not, like, maybe have a match, but don't do this. But it's not, mm-hmm. like, like, nothing, nothing in wrestling is right or wrong, really, to an extent. But it's just, you know, some people might watch, uh, I'm using Brian Cage as an example because he's fucking massive. But mm-hmm. like some people think the Brian Cage versus the tiny little girl match is the greatest fucking thing they've ever seen in their life. And that's good for right. them. You know, that's what they like. Some people are like, this is dog shit. I don't like it. So that's their opinion. That's everyone's opinion. Um, but I feel like everyone, I don't like when people like keep on pushing their opinions. Like, hey, if you like this, you're fucking terrible. This should not be, this is not wrestling. This is garbage. 
Like, mm-hmm. okay, don't tell me what the fuck. Don't like it. Don't watch it. Don't tell me what I should like. And the opposite. I'm like, if someone's like, this is the best thing ever. You everyone should support this. Like, don't. They don't like it. Don't fucking tell them to like it. They're not gonna. Mm-hmm. You can't just tell someone to like something. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so just let people fucking don't push. I hate when people push their fucking thoughts on people. Like, you should like this or you shouldn't do this. Like, let me fucking think for myself. You know. But I like yeah. that. Like, if I don't like. I'm not. I'm not going. To. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm very opinionated. I always, I'm pretty blunt about how I feel, but it's just how I feel. I've, I've said that, you know, when people say it, it killed wrestling, I said you're leaving out the, the most important words. It's for me. Like if it kills it for you, then it kills it for you. But clearly, wrestling is, in, you know, existing whether you like it or not. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a guy on Facebook that I always, I guess I have him on my in my friends, and I just always see his post, and he he just fucking like hates anything that's not grappling like fucking old school super grapple um type shit you know like but he just why you keep on watching all the shit then you don't like it stop commenting on every little thing that you hate and that's only what you post about like if you don't like it don't watch it like you know there's a market for everything and wrestling i know people this killed wrestling what killed wrestling you know like what do you think killed wrestling? Nothing killed wrestling. Wrestling is doing fantastic today. It's all over the fucking world. It's in fucking right. almost every country. It's in China now. It's in like it's growing, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. it's just a different type for you. You know, everyone's doing different shit. Yeah. Um, what are some dream matches you got? The guys you haven't wrestled yet, you like to get in there with? Uh. Hmm. I mean. The ones that are possible? Yeah. Is that, okay. Um, I've always wanted to wrestle Pac. Uh, when it comes to, like, indie guys, I feel like I'm such a I, – I don't watch as much as I used to. I used to be, like, watching everything, and I'm a fan of this guy, this guy, that guy. Pac I'm still a big fan of. Um, I think when it comes to, like, WWE, a lot of guys in there So like – there's going to be, like, Daniel Bryan. Um, there's going to be uh, Cesaro. Um, probably AJ. Rey Mysterio. Um, who else? I probably got more. Uh, I'm going to say John Cena, too. I mean, mm. biggest freaking face of the company. Sure. Um, this plan- oh, Batista. He's got to come back. I heard he, did he retire? I don't know. Yeah, he, yeah, he retired. He retired. <laughs> no, nah, he'll come back for one more match with me. <laughs> At CCW. Book it. DJ, book it. Uh, someone actually once told me that he was a CCW fan, but I think that was just someone fucking with me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He's a, a huge deathmatch guy. Uh <laughs> Um, I think it was a Daniel Bryan definitely one that comes straight out of mind. Uh, who the fuck else? Probably got more. People I definitely want to work with. I think, like, um, the big fan version of me is not – I wouldn't say I'm not thinking I'm not a fan of wrestling, but it's not as what it was. So, like, mm-hmm. like back when some of my favorites were still there, it would have been like, yo, I want to shoot Sean and Kurt and, uh, like, Jericho and Christian, like, I would have been, like, salivating over that, you know? But I think a lot of the mm. guys I was watching 
growing up aren't really doing it anymore. So actually, I can say Chris Jericho, he's still wrestling. Um, but those are, I guess, the main ones. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone else. I probably will until you end the podcast, and I'll be like, fuck, I should have said that. Yeah. Um, one of the guys that jumps out to me, I've always been a fan. A lot of people hate him, but um, Loki. What's your thoughts on working Loki? Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been a fan of Loki, too. Um, I don't know. I know, like, people have mixed reactions on him. Uh, yeah. so I don't know what to get out of him, you know? Like, I've seen him pissed off and not want to work with people, and I've seen him, you know, have some amazing matches with some people. Um, but it depends on what he, it would depend on him. I mean, he's been, you know, some places he's been hard to work with and, but I've seen him, I think he's done some shit with MLW recently too. Like, yeah. So he is kind of doing some shit here and there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would be happy to work him obviously, but I would mm-hmm. get, I'd want him to work with me, not be pissed off and just trying to get a paycheck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, he doesn't work that many places. I've seen him, you know, House of Glory, MLW. I think those are the main places I see him working now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really, I think that's really it for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so what are the, what are the goals you have? Whether short term, long term, what are you looking to accomplish in wrestling? Uh, I mean, the main ones are just going to be to make a full on good living doing wrestling. Um, so obviously, I, to be honest, like I want to go to WWE. That's that's the place where I became a fan of, you know. And sure. the thing that's weird is I see people nowadays like they're not afraid to leave. They're not happy. So it's like, okay, well, why aren't they happy? Um, is it the place where I definitely want to be? But obviously, that's the place that made me a fan. So of course, I want to be there. Um, AEW, um, I, you know, they're starting up, so. Getting to be like on the starting roster of a new company that could explode would be fucking awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Even just like like I said, I just want to at least right now I want to be able to not be able to have to go to work, just wrestle, um, and do my thing that way. I think that way too I'd be freaking even in better shape than I am now right now because I don't have to worry about going to work a full time job and then uh, you know get my workouts in. So I'd just be like working out during the day. And then killing it wrestling on weekends. Um, I think even right now I haven't even been to Europe, so that's like wow. the top of the to do list. Like right away, like um, I said, there's no reason why I shouldn't be in some of those companies over there. Um, but I'm not willing to be one of the guys that flies himself over just to get there. Um, but uh. Those are the main goals. I mean, I want to wrestle as many places as possible. I want to wrestle every weekend. I want to win more belts uh, and just get my face everywhere. You know, get as much exposure as possible. Wrestle in the UK. Uh, Japan would be awesome, too. But I feel like that's a longer... I feel like the UK could happen very soon, but I have no connection right now with Japan. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to travel. I want to do my thing. I want people to see, see me, know who I am, watch my work, you know? Mhm. Yeah, man. Um, outside of uh, wrestling, you you're a giant fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, what's yeah, your thoughts on the draft? The draft, uh, that quarterback, and uh, you think he's the next uh, successor to Eli? 
Um, so my initial reaction was I was fucking pissed. <laughs> you know, like I I'm a big football fan. I'm a, obviously a big Giant fan. I've been mm-hmm. following the draft for like months before you know it was gonna happen. I think even before the you know the Super Bowl happened, I was following with you know everyone in the draft and shit like that. Uh, me and my buddy, uh, I actually worked with Ryan Rush, who wrestles down at MWC. Well, he was, he was training at MWC. He wrestles here and there, some other shows now. Uh, we were talking constantly about the draft, and we were like, so, like, so the way we were kind of seeing the draft happen was rather we would get lucky and have Josh Allen or Quinn Williams fall to us at six. That's if we mm-hmm. got lucky. But, like, you know, we get one of these studs on defense. Giants need a defensive end, could use a defensive tackle like Williams. So, hopefully one of them, they fucking fall to us. We get a stud defensive player. And then once we saw that the Raiders got Farrell and uh, the Bucks got, uh, what is it, Devin White, um, we're like, fuck yeah, we're getting Josh Allen. We started, we like, high-fives. We're pumped <laughs> at the bar uh, watching. And we're just waiting there. I'm with a bunch of my buddies from work. I'm with, you know, in the bar, too, so everyone's watching. And once they said Daniel Jones, I fucking just walked away. I was so mad. The whole bar went nuts. They're, like, booing mostly. The Jets fans are cheering. Uh, Like, we were fucking pissed. Um, And then they got the the, the 17th pick. They got uh, Dexter Lawrence, who's a defensive tackle. Which is okay. I'm sure he's gonna be good. He's like a big motherfucker, like fucking athletic and fast as shit. But like, mm-hmm. we had other needs that I think should have been addressed first that easily could have been there. I'm like, okay, then you know, wasn't I wasn't happy. Uh, but then I I saw a video today saying why Daniel Jones was a good pick, um, and it was mostly because his team was dog shit. So. They were basically shitting on the Duke team, and then they had a whole bunch of highlights of, like, uh, their receivers running the wrong routes, uh, their receivers, like, freaking dropping easy touchdowns. So I'm like, you know what? Like, they picked him for a reason. Um, They know more about him than I do. Um, So I'm going to try to stay optimistic Mm -hmm. as possible. I mean, he's a big dude. He's like 6'5". And I also noticed that he, he rushed in his college career. He's rushed in 17 touchdowns, which Eli probably has never rushed in a touchdown. So like, at least <laughs> he's a mobile guy, big. He is smart. He's got like a good football IQ. So it's just about having the talent now. So hopefully when he's at a pro level and he has pro talent to work with, he will be awesome. But – that's in a perfect world. That's me being optimistic. Yeah. Well, what's your thoughts on parting with Odell? I wasn't as mad as most of the Giants like fans were, just because mm-hmm. um, out of like the trades that we did with them, with the Browns and the Giants, we needed a we needed an offensive lineman, so we did get a good guard. We got a safety who used to be a first round pick. He hasn't really lived up to the potential, but he's still young. So hopefully, he starts to kind of rise up. And then we get an extra third round pick, and then also we don't have to keep on paying Odell, you know, a receiver that's getting like you know good quarterback money, you know. Yeah. So 
But I noticed with a lot of top teams that win the Super Bowl or they don't really have that top three, top five talent at receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. more about the it's more about the like line and stuff like that. So I'm not too mad. I think the Giants could have got more out of the out of the the um, the uh, trade, but if it opens up some cap space and we get like you know three good players and we just lost one awesome receiver, I think mm-hmm. that it'd be well worth it. So, I mean, I guess the only time will tell at this point. But I'm not yeah. I'm not one of the people that's like super attached to Odell. I mean, he was kind of yeah. like a fucking baby. Um, he was just good. So I always like, I'd be like, yeah, he's kind of annoying. He's kind of a baby. He acts like a child, but he's good. So I don't mind him being on my team, but I also don't really care that he's gone as much. Yeah. A lot of these top receivers are complete divas. And, I mean, you look at them there, for the most part, all the top receivers. So, uh, yeah, I can see taking or leaving them. Yeah, I mean, there's some good ones. Like, uh, I don't think you don't really hear much out of Julio Jones. Uh, right. And, like, T.Y. Hilton. He just drops balls in important games. Yeah, so it's just, uh, like, I don't mind losing him. I think he was more of just, a, like, a star than uh, – I mean, the thing, too, with him, too, is he had all these crazy catches. He's super fast, very elusive, but – the thing that really pops out to my head with Odell is that when we made it to the playoffs like two or three years ago, I think three years ago, we uh, mm-hmm. lost in the first round because him and Shepard fucking dropped the ball like four times. And like mm-hmm. one was a touchdown, one was an easy first down that would have got us right in the red zone. So I'm like, we lost the game because you fuckers dropped the ball, like literally dropped the ball. <laughs> so I'm like, and he, before he got hurt that one year where he snapped his ankle, he had the most drops in the league. So I'm like, hmm. yeah, he's making some fucking crazy plays, but you need to catch the fucking easy ones. You know, like he, it, it's, in the long run, you know, could have been a first down here that could have led to something, but you dropped that easy pass. So I wasn't yeah. too, oh, too uh, Yeah, the red flag for me with, with Odell was always when Norman got in his head. I was, I was like, oh, man, this this guy cannot handle pressure. Yeah. Norman's a dickhead, too, though. I kind of hate him. Uh, there's some of the corners that are cornerbacks that are fucking dickheads. Uh, someone that, like, I don't know who it might have been Josh Norman again, uh, like, ripped off uh, Michael Oh, Craig. Tlaib. Frost necklace. Was it, was it yeah, him? it was Tlaib. Oh, it was Tlaib, yeah. Tlaib's kind of a dickhead, too, though. I never really liked Tlaib, either. But, like, yeah. don't rip off the guy freaking frost necklace that he wears. Like, that's fucked up. But I like Michael Crabtree because I, for some reason, have him on my fantasy teams, like, often. Like, I had him for, like, two or three years for some reason. So, I'm like, naturally, I want to cheer for him because he's on my team. So, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, some of these, the corners and the receivers, sometimes they're fucking just assholes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I've also had a theory that I think wide receivers, for the most part, are like guys who just like grow up dreaming of dancing, and then they do just wind up in the NFL because they have full routines when they fucking score these days. Yeah, I mean, I kind I, I I like that they are able to do this now. Like back in the day, you weren't like that was a a penalty it was yeah. if you separated too much. 
so, I mean, it's kind of funny to watch whatever bullshit they do. Cause some people think it's some funny stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah, they're definitely, they think about this, like, well in advance. And they freaking, I probably practice it, too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, receiver like, gets a first it's down. It's, just, it's like the Rhythm Nation video. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know. Had a, a good skit on that of uh, Key and Peel uh, when they were saying, like, uh, for when they used to not be able to, to taunt that much. Like, it used to be like, mm-hmm. you taunt, or but you can't do it that much. So, like, they had a thing where they score a touchdown, and you're allowed to do, like, he had his, like, hip thrust. He did, you're allowed to do two hip thrusts. You can't do three. If you do three, it's a freaking penalty. So, like, <laughs> he'd do the one do the two, and then he did the three, and then the next time they gave him a penalty. The next time they did it, he did the one, did the two, and then he did, like, a very small third one, and they still gave him the penalty. And then yeah. they did, like, a one, did the two, and then he, like, barely even moved forward at all, and he still threw the flag. I don't know. It's pretty funny. Hard to explain. But uh, it's, I don't know, football with their crazy uh, freaking dances and routines with I don't know. It's entertaining, but it's a little sometimes a little excessive. Yeah. Yeah, I love football either way. But uh, yeah, man. So I think that's about all I got. We covered a lot of stuff. Um, any stuff you want to plug? Upcoming dates, merch, whatever you whatever you got. Oh, so is this is this aired today, or is this aired like another time? Or yeah, it's it's live <laughs> right now, and then it it's up for download in like a half hour. Oh, cool. Well, I'm wrestling uh, tomorrow in uh, uh, Massachusetts for Beyond Wrestling. Uh, me and Alex Reynolds versus Chris Dickinson and Joey Janela. That should be a good one. Um, and their show is Beyond Wrestling. Is, they have a streaming thing. <laughs> they they stream every live every Wednesday. So definitely mm-hmm. something you should check out. Uh, probably go on there. Check out the Twitter. that probably has everything posted right there. Um also, my Twitter itself is at silver, number is spelled out, and then one. So, silver number one. And so is my Instagram. Check me out on there. I like to post some dumb shit. Uh, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's me being dumb. And um, just check out all my matches. Wrestle for CZW, Wrestle for Beyond. Uh, my two main places, Limitless, Limit, ah, can't talk. Limitless Wrestling. Uh, I'll be there in May. And... Um, just check me out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I had a great time talking to you. I'd love to have you back on in the future. You're just killing it out there. I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more to ask you soon enough. So. Awesome, man. Yeah, definitely let me know. I'll come back on. Absolutely, man. So um, that's that's about all I got. Um, Again, thanks, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good, man. See you around. All right. Have a good night. You too. So there you go, John Silver, man. Uh, like I said, I've been watching that dude for a while. He's super fucking impressive in the ring. Go check his shit out if you haven't seen him before. I'm I'm sure you're gonna like what he he puts out there. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's about all I got for tonight. Uh, check out I got you five stars with my boy Jeremy. Uh, check out THT Podcast with Boxman Shaheen over there. Uh, Nuclear Heat Graphics with Shaheen doing his thing, not drawing Muppets. Um, just just some Muppets, just not all of them. Um, 
you know, check all that out. Um, you know, obviously there's the premier deathmatch wrestling podcast above all. And uh yeah, I think that's that's about all I got there. Uh uh hit up Rob Roman on uh Facebook, you know, check out his uh his uh supportful, I think it's called page. And uh help the dude out, dude out two strokes, shit's fucking crazy. And uh, you know, big shout out to him. And uh yeah, man. I, I think that's all I got. I'm gonna try to pop in later this week, do a show, run through all sorts of topics, maybe do the Facebook live thing again, all that type of shit. But uh yeah, for now, that's all I got. And I'll talk to y'all later. Hope y'all enjoyed this shit. Alright. And uh peace. Oh Jesus Christ, where's the fucking outro? You know what I mean? I almost just ended this show without the outro. Come on. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Well, what I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta oh, say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a thing. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kiss Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, Phil, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.